0: Welcome to the Thrive and Shine Wellness Podcast. I am your host, Sabrina Orkies. So this weekend, um, it was a pretty crazy weekend. My husband has been wanting another dog, which is crazy because he wasn't a dog person for most of his life. Um, I'm a huge dog lover, love dogs. I'm a person that literally I cannot stand to see a dog be hurt or anything in a movie if I know it's gonna die I am not watching that movie still have not seen Marley and Me till this day just because I just I mean I can't do it just can't do it so I love dogs that much (laughs) um so the fact that he wanted a dog was really catching me off guard so he wanted a specific kind of dog we have always had a Boston Terrier we had another one who passed away a couple of years ago And we always said we wouldn't get another dog. Well, he's been caught up on French bulldogs. So, I don't feel like he was going to rest until he found one that he liked and was in our price range. So, he ended up finding one that was two years old because we didn't want a puppy. Um, Neither of us have the patience to go through the puppy stage. like having a newborn again. So we ended up finding, um, a two-year-old French bulldog. Her name is Pika. Um, she's solid black with a little bit of white on her chest. She's so cute and so friendly. Um, trying to get the dogs acquainted. So that's pretty fun. Um, a little awkward cause she's very dominant, but our other one is very not dominant. So, um, If you can hear her, she's sitting beside me um, and she is snoring really loud, which is comical. But if you know anything about Boston's and Frenchies, Boston's snore too. They have, it's like their snouts are just uh, just not that long. So they're super, super loud um, when they snore or they snort if they like get something up their nose or something, you know, super loud dogs. So anyways, we have her, who knows? Hopefully it works out. <laughs> cuz she's here, um, cuz she super loves her people. She loves humans. She loves humans I think more than other dogs, but anyways, so today on the podcast I have Dana Dana Baker Williams. Um, she is a coach and therapist for parents that have kids with ADHD or and or anxiety cuz Most of the time, those two come in hand in hand, but even just like listening to this as an adult, um, you know, it's just, you know, I've always, no, I've no, I have like signs of ADHD. I haven't went to the doctor for it or anything, but, um, it's very evident that I have it not maybe like severely or anything, but just talking to her, um, and just, I think it's so important to catch these things early when they're children, when people are children, before they get older and i have a hard time doing certain things um so i hope that you all enjoy this episode and feel free to reach out to her i know she has several um interesting things on her website if you just go to her website she has a blog as well with so much helpful information she's truly amazing person um just wants to help people she's been through it and I think that's what helps more than anything is that she has been through it so she knows what to look for knows what to do to help parents she knows what those parents are feeling when they feel super defeated so anyways I hope that you all enjoy the episode and have a great week Hey Dana, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Good. I'm so glad that you're able to join us today. I'm
1: happy to be here.
0: And it is mental health awareness month. May is mental health yes. awareness month and you are a mental health coach. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to go ahead and tell us about your journey? What led you up sure. to being so passionate about mental health?
1: Yeah, well, um it all started when I had a daughter. I have two kids and mm-hmm. um when I had my daughter, um, I was also traveling for work a lot. And so, uh, but then I ended up getting lupus and having go gone disability and that ended up being the silver lining, believe it or not. Um, mm-hmm. because when I got home, I saw that my daughter was having some struggles, which I'd heard over the phone, but my husband didn't like to see it, And, you know, so I started being able to pick her up at school and talk to her. Teachers and sort of say, Hey, she's really frustrated because she can't read. And she's only five, but um, and then the next year it was something else and something else, and math was hard. And she was doing a lot of homework at night in elementary school. But every time I talked to the teachers, like, no, she's great. I was like, Yeah, something's not right. Um, and one day she, well, not one day, every day she would call a friend um, and walk to school. She was in elementary school, and every day she'd call her, and every day she'd ask me for her phone number. And I
0: thought, okay,
1: <laughs> yeah. this is crazy. Yeah. So finally I was able to hunt down someone to help her, but there was nobody for me to talk to. So we did get her diagnosed and she had this anxiety and depression and ADHD.
0: And this was at how old?
1: It was a little late to the party. She was probably 10. Okay. Then It was a lot of years of struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, and she'd gone through this issue where she couldn't sleep by herself for years we thought that was a sleep issue. It turns out it was separation anxiety. Oh. So you just, you know, you don't, you don't know. I didn't have another child that had those issues. Um, So I felt really alone. I felt isolated. I felt alone. I felt completely overwhelmed mm-hmm. and I was relieved to have a diagnosis so that we could help her and her, we were able to help her really quickly. Once, you know, you can do the things you want to do to, to a bridge with that. But yeah, but I just thought, okay there are just too many people that must be going through this. I cannot possibly be alone. And I'm going to make sure other people don't feel alone Mm -hmm. Um, because it's just really hard to talk about your family. And, and some of it was, my mother-in-law was like, Oh, you're too nice to her. You're cobbling her. My husband was like, ah, you know, just whoever he was. And yeah. And you know, we clashed and my son was like, Oh my God, I can't stand the I'm sure. tantrums
0: anymore. Right. Exactly. And I so it was that, a lot. Yeah. I think a lot of moms feel that way, especially when it's not talked about a lot. It's um, not, you know, with ADHD. I feel some kids, a lot of kids still today are still going undiagnosed, unfortunately,
1: especially girls because girls manifest in such a different way. I mean, everyone manifests in a different way for ADHD, but mm-hmm. girls, whether it's because of the type that they have or whether it's because we've been indoctrinated a little bit to behave differently. Right. We're not the ones that are running around the playground screaming probably. Um, so I think people don't see it. And the teachers for sure, no matter what I did, <laughs> didn't see it. Right. And finally I was like, okay, you know, and she's always done really well in school, but that's because she's a perfectionist, which also comes from ADHD and anxiety. Right. You just, you go and you're worried about being perfect and they want to do everything right. And so that's really easy to overlook at schools.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so after she was diagnosed, what happened? Did they put her on medication?
1: Mm-hmm. We did. Um, we sort of went after it, all well, prongs. So we sh- we found a therapist for CBT, mm-hmm. cognitive behavioral therapy, which mm-hmm. works really well in conjunction with the medication. Obviously a lot of people don't want to do the medication if they can help it. Um, we found it was a literally a night and day change to her life and our lives, so it worked for us. Um, well, and I think
0: when you get to that point, a lot of parents don't want to medicate their kids. I mean, it's it is a big decision, you know. But when it, it comes, is, to it's a look lot. their quality of life and just living like that, you know.
1: Right, and you can. There's so many different types now of medication that don't that aren't you know dangerous and horrible. And no, you don't want to put your kids on medicine all the time, but if you know if he hasn't hurt arm, you'd give a ibuprofen, right? So,
0: exactly, so sure. yeah.
1: Um, so it did make a really big difference for her, which, um, which is great,
0: mm-hmm. you know.
1: Um, but anyway, so that's why I got into it, and she's been my biggest champion,
0: yes, I love <laughs> um, that. which is
1: nice, yeah, because I was like, Well, I'm talking about you a lot because I write as well, I'm right. a writer, oh, for parenting and mental health, I love and that. so I was often, you know, writing. About her and the experience, and um, always asking her, Is this okay? Is this okay? And she's the one that said, Mom, you should go do this. Mm-hmm. This is what you're made for.
0: Right. Like, okay. <laughs> oh, and here that. I am. Right. Exactly. So, what kind of, um, I know you uh, work with children or teens, you work with teens and parents. What aspects? Yes. I you?
1: have worked with younger kids too. Um, certainly, anxiety is, um, an issue these days, right now, for teens, so so much um, the isolation, the remote learning, which has been horrible for ADHD as well. Oh yeah, um, you know it's been, it's made it really tough. So I do. I work with parents um, where I will help them have the tools and support to learn about ADHD and/or anxiety mm-hmm. because if you know what is going on in the brain, you can understand the why behind the behavior, which makes mm-hmm. it a easier to be patient and stay steady, which can be difficult. Um, And B, you can learn how to effectively parent that kind of a brain style because the same parenting for my son versus my daughter or other um, is not the same. For instance, you know, now these days you take away a phone, let's say, if your teenager does something you don't like, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But that doesn't work with someone with ADHD. So they don't care. Doesn't bother really? them. I mean, it may bother them, but it doesn't. Right. It doesn't make them change the behavior. Wow. So what changes their behavior is basically a what's in it for them. So they need to have either be interested in the subject, challenged, which sometimes is important to do because people sort of assume you don't want to challenge them, but you kind of do because they're usually very bright. Right. Um, competition and um, rewards. Oh, because dopamine hits is what makes the ADHD brain work. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't have regular dopamine hits, it has bigger issues. So for them, that's really important. And as a parent, wow. When you figure that out, <laughs> that's kind of great yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> for all of you. Right. Because the, you know, the negativity of parenting a kid with ADHD is hard. They hear all the time, you know, you're not doing this. Are you doing this or you're doing this? You're nagging. You're, And so that that negativity circle, I kind of explain it as starts and it's really hard because they start to take it personally and you get frustrated with them all perfectly natural, but there's got to be better ways to to deal with it and there are. So I teach parents how to do that. And then if I'm working with the teen, um, I give them the tools to also understand what they have and find the mindset that is positive. Mm-hmm. Because another issue with anxiety anxiety and ADHD is it's very negative in general out there, right? That's it's not seen as, oh, yay, I have this. <laughs> um, but in some ways it should be. So what I try to do is show them that, hey, you know, that am- am- amazing imagination you have, am- the creativity you have, that loyalty, the ability to focus in and really concentrate, that's all ADHD too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not bad. So I try to start from there and build on their strengths and then also talk about, you know, what works for them, right? So it's routines. They really need routines and they need things sort of spelled out and broken down into pieces and just made made um, less overwhelming so they can work from there. And so I work with them on that as well.
0: Oh, I love that. Um, so as far as the parents, I feel like I have probably a lot of parent listeners, what are some things, you know, some parents don't even think or want to think, Oh, well, this could be what my child's going through. They may be, I think a lot of people think and correct me if I'm wrong, that their child just has behavioral issues. They are not minding or whatever. What are some things or even just like real life situations that you have even dealt with with your daughter? What were some like things that she was acting out about? Well.
1: That, um, yeah. it started pretty young for her too. Um, but again, not recognizable because kids have tantrums,
0: right? Exactly. <laughs>
1: um, so she would have tantrums, especially when, um, we would change plans on
0: her. Mm. Right. So
1: if she's going to a friend's house at two o'clock today and suddenly she's not, you know, or if we're going to go visit a friend and we decide to spend the night, mm-hmm you know, big changes, just any changes. She also is very particular about playdates. She sort of wanted small groups, one or two kids, not, not more than that. Um, And she could be impulsive in her behavior. She Mm -hmm. didn't necessarily read the room that well right away. Right. So there are social skills that come with ADHD that you don't, again, parents aren't told this either, but actually you'll see it in their friendships. You'll see it in their social skills, the ability to read the room, to not speak out of turn, you know, things like that, um, are very common and talking too much, being too loud, um, things like that. And I don't think parents are, are necessarily, or I wasn't, I didn't know that information. Right. So, um, I didn't know what to look for.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. What about like tantrums and stuff? What kind of tantrums did she have or did? some of your parents that you coach say that is going on?
1: Oh, they'll have a lot of a homework. Mm. Homework is probably the biggest, um, the biggest thing that people really notice. And the battles are just really, really hard. And we I mean, started on this year where everybody's remote. and Right. Yes. They're in and they're out and they're in and they're out. And, yes.
0: That's how we've been.
1: Um, you know, they're distractible. So there's shiny object over here, shiny object over there. And so they wouldn't really pay attention. They just kind of run off to those um but they're fine
0: during school just after school yes
1: usually well and they're not all fine during school kylie was fine during school but uh, no i mean certainly a lot of teachers do know when they have the ones that are Mm. difficult
0: yeah right
1: Um, and really if your kid is being difficult Mm
0: -hmm.
1: they're having a hard time right and that's another thing that was really important for me to learn is that when you when your kid is tantruming when your kid is at its worst It's kind of when you need to be at your best, which is really hard as a parent, right? Because you have somebody screaming in your face and, you know, you just trigger, right? You're immediately like, "Ah!" right, right. (laughs) And and so it's hard to take that breath and lean into them instead. Now, what I would find a lot with Kylie um, was that, and my clients say this too, is if you can lean in and hug them when they're in the middle of a tantrum, right, Mm -hmm. which seems completely counterintuitive. But right. the thing is, is if they're young and tantruming, they don't know what they're feeling, and they don't know why they're doing this, and it scares them. So they're own, they're scared of themselves, mm-hmm. m- much less you if you're getting angry. Right. So you, for your neurosystem, system, if you can hold on to them,
0: mm-hmm.
1: their heartbeat will start to match your heartbeat. So if you can stay calm, you can bring them down. And when they're in the middle of a tantrum or a mood, whatever it is at the moment that's not the time to try to talk to them anyway. They can't, you know, the, the system is shut down and they can't hear, they literally yeah. cannot hear mm-hmm. or comprehend what you're just saying. So there's no point.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's really, this is when it comes difficult for parents who have a spouse who parents different. Um, mm-hmm. Me and my husband are pretty much on the same page with a lot of things, but I like to get on her level and understand why she's acting the way she acts. And my husband automatically thinks that she's misbehaving. Like yeah. she needs to be disciplined. She's misbehaving. Well, why is she, cause she's a good kid. So I'm like, right. If she's misbehaving something that's going on. Like, let's figure out why, let me, you know, he gets mad. Cause I'll like cuddle sure. her whenever she's having a breakdown. I'm like, she doesn't break down like this. Like, cause mm-hmm. let me calm her down and ho- eventually talk to her about what's going on. Why is she having a breakdown for no reason, you know?
1: Right. Exactly. And you know, so, so I was, so you're able to learn in those moments um, a better communication pattern as well. Oh yeah. So, and that's huge because again, you know, it's all one big circle and you just, it can really run itself ragged. And then the whole family dynamic can kind of explode. And that's pretty hard. Uh, And it's hard to come back from, right. For you as a parent, it's hard to come back from for the kid it's really hard to come back from because they're suddenly now equating their bad behavior with being a terrible person or whatever.
0: Right. Exactly. Cause they're being punished and right. you know, it's like, Oh, I don't know. It's just, it's hard to work through as parents, which I'm sure is something that you are there to help parents with. <laughs> I am, <laughs> you know, you can have them know what signs to look for and, you know, right. oh, wait, when this happens, what can you do? So, Um, One of the things that is big with ADHD is executive functioning skills. So that is
1: things like time management. It's things like doing Mm. your homework. It's um, remembering to turn your homework in and that can even lead to kids lying. Many kids with ADHD um, often lie as well. And sometimes it's a lie because they're trying not to disappoint you and they don't want to get in trouble. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes it's less of a lie and more of a, I thought I turned it in. But right. They really, honestly, just thought they'd done it, and they didn't. Um, so that's also stuff that you need to kind of work on together. Is those, like, you know, what are the what are the tips you can do? Get something simple for them for their homework. Make sure their desk and place that they're going to work is clean and clear and not cluttered. Mm-hmm. Uh, set timers for 25 minutes because really, more than that, they start to go off. So you might as well get them up and have a break. Um, even things like sucking on hard candy or gum oh. when they're, when they're working really helps concentration. Who knew? I love
0: that. Yeah. So I These little, I know, <laughs> little tips. So crazy. Um, just being as an adult, um, I don't feel that I have an extreme case of ADHD, but I think I have a touch of it. And like, you know, every time I talk to someone about this, like literally I see the things coming out through me, you know, like. <laughs> Um, but I've always thought about going to see someone about it just because my mind is just, um, it's hard for me to focus I, my mind is all over yeah. the place. Like, bouncing. yeah, no, that, that I is, I'm a great multitasker because of it. Great. Exactly. But I might not follow <laughs> finish with one of the tasks, you know, it might be. Right. Might just be hanging out there. It might have worked on a little bit and yeah. moved on. Yes. So yes. <laughs> it would be nice to like have that stillness sometimes.
1: Yeah. So it's tips on like, how do you do that? Right. What are mm-hmm. some organizational tips for us to use that keep us on track? Mm-hmm. Um, my husband also has ADHD and he loves Trello for what oh, that's worth in case. Yeah. Um, it's too visual for me. I'm not a visual person. I'm a, yeah. I'm a word girl, but um, for visual learners, it's great. And yeah. that's another thing. ADHD. Um, visual learners often are certainly hands-on learners. Mm -hmm. So um trying to make sure you have those things for them to do that are hands-on and to remember that, okay, if you need to be done in 25 minutes, I let's get you an analog clock so you can see that hands actually move.
0: Yeah, that's a
1: good idea. A lot of people think of timers, but that's not as good. Watching the hand move is really helpful for them.
0: Yeah. I know I'm um, a big list person and I know that's like a oh my god scary, I am too I I yeah. this
1: person. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> if you looked at my desk you'd be scared <laughs> oh
0: gosh yeah I have a list of everything so that's one thing everybody always tells me about it too that's a cool I love that about the clock though I never thought about that
1: yeah I didn't either really and then I just go like, oh, well yeah of course yeah it's gonna their visual sh- sh- it's a visual and you can hear it often and mm-hmm. yeah it's
0: good Do parents normally come to you maybe like after their kid has been diagnosed, or maybe they're thinking?
1: I have had um I've had some of each more often, it's after they've been diagnosed. Mm -hmm. Um, and honestly, for the reason I mentioned the teens, it's not that I don't do other younger kids, but um the teen years are often when it really comes out. So so parents often ask me, well, why aren't they over it? or are they going to grow out of it, or is it real? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's real. No. They're not necessarily going to grow out of it. And instead of thinking high school is going to be better, it's going to be worse. Yeah. Because you have a lot more work. You are responsible for your own work. People expect it to be you, the kid, not mm-hmm. the parent coming in and being hovering and doing everything. Um, and you've got a lot more distractions. So, usually, high school middle school, high school is when it really is like, oh boy, this is not good. Mm -hmm. And this past year, so many kids are failing and, you know, it's so understandable. Um, but it's been really hard for, for both them and for the parents, because that's a, you know, big clash at school. You got to do well in school. It's hard to do well in school when you're on a computer all day long. And, you know, and that's true for anxiety too. I have a lot of kids with anxiety, a lot of teens with anxiety this year, um, because of the, remote versus hybrid and if you get used to one then you don't know how to do the other and then you're suddenly doing both and so it's really hard for for kids who are anxious as well
0: oh yeah I would be a hot mess if I was in high school right now <laughs> I can already tell you I would definitely be failing um I just yeah. my attention spans very short too and I need to be in person like that person needs to be right in front of me the computer right nope it's not doing it <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. exactly um so, and you know, the other thing is, can you get accommodations for either your child who's anxious or your child who's got ADHD? And you can. Um, now, public schools make it a little bit hard in that I couldn't get anything for Kylie because she had A's for A's, and I said, so she needs to fail to be able to get accommodation. Right. And they're like, yeah, pretty much. I'm like, okay, that's really not helpful, but. Anyway, so you do have to actually get diagnosed and have, you know, uh, they will often, public school may often um, choose not to
0: mm-hmm.
1: do accommodations. Certainly IEPs are harder to get than an accommodation, but things like longer test taking time or going to a quiet room oh, or yeah. being able to get up and go to the bathroom, mm-hmm. you know, those are the types of things that you can get relatively, you know, relatively easily for school.
0: What are, what symptoms do you see out of kids these days? Not symptoms, um, whatever, I guess the word would be for anxiety. What um, traits are they showing for the anxiety that maybe you like look out for? Yeah.
1: So, so anxiety, I would look out for, um, it's not going to be helpful tantrums. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Right. Um, uh, fear, Mm -hmm. um, social fear, or even if they're really little hiding behind you, which is normal. Yeah. Yes. And it can be more than that. Um, So you see a lot in that being able to sleep. Uh Interestingly, um, can be separation anxiety, not a sleep issue. You know, you kind of think it's the, the monsters under the bed, things like that, when that's sort of what they're feeling, but that's not what it is again had to get you know help for that to figure that out um, and then I think their hesitations um when they're going to do something new mm-hmm. or if they're small and they come they're like in ballet or whatever right they run off to go to the class and then they run back and sit down at your feet mm-hmm. and don't want <laughs> don't want to go again um, in t- older kids you're looking at, Perfectionism. You're looking at uh, somebody who doesn't have a lot of confidence, so mm-hmm. self-esteem, and that and that can be true of either. I work with, I work on both of those with, with ADHD and anxiety mm-hmm. uh, because self-esteem and the mindset right is is hard. Yeah. So feeling confident if you're scared of everything or you're worried about everything,
0: okay.
1: um, it, you know, is tough. You got to build that up. Right. Another thing is that um. A lot of noise in their head mm. so it's kind of like <laughs> i i kind of use the that if they have anxiety they're quiet and if they're not quiet they've got metallica running in their head <laughs> they're like you know constantly and that's some of it so sometimes it's not fear or it doesn't come off as worry it just comes out as too much stuff coming at you and you just right. can't handle it all and you've got too much going on in your brain and your brain won't go to sleep so you can't sleep at night or you can't follow through on something because you're going, Oh my God, what if I don't get this right? But if I don't get this right,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. you know, things like that. Oh yeah. Um, and again, for, for anxiety, CBT is also very helpful Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. and meds are also helpful. Where are you? Um, stomach aches. Oh, I've heard that one. Mm
0: The stomach aches in little kids.
1: So when I went to pick up Kylie from kindergarten that first time, the teacher said, Oh, this is great. Now that you're home, maybe she'll stop having the stomach aches. Oh. I had no idea she had stomach aches. No one told me that. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, stomachache, headache, um, refusing to go to school, mm-hmm. um, not wanting to go over to see a friend,
0: mm-hmm.
1: play dates. So, play oh, dates can be good, yeah. but uh, that's where the group mentality is difficult. They don't, you know, they often want small groups. and... That's where when they want to go for a sleepover, but then they always have to come home in the middle of the night. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Oh,
0: I can't. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I've had some friends with some kids like that for sure already. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And what if
1: questions. Right. I read a whole article on that. So we really encourage kids to be curious. We want them to ask questions. You know, we all know when, oh, why is this happening? Why is that happening? Well, when it becomes more of a what if question, what yes. if your plane goes down? What yes. if a cat runs across the street? What if <laughs> the light goes out? I mean, whatever it is, those what if questions, mm-hmm. that's often an indication of there's something else going on in there. Yeah. And it's worry. because anxieties can can also manifest in different ways because right. it can be that you're scared or you don't have confidence or whatever, but it can also just be that you worry about everything. Yeah just worry constantly. And, um, I mean, even now with the COVID, right. So yeah. uh, my daughter was having some, um, anxiety and she's like, I just, you really need to get your shot, mom. Like, oh. oh, Because I have yeah um, autoimmune issues. So All right. yeah. It didn't occur to me that she'd be oh. nervous about it for me at this point.
0: And she was so, yeah. That is so funny. Not funny, but you know what I mean? Yeah, that's so crazy. They really are worrying all the time. They just worry about everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's just really hard. Oh, yeah. My husband's like that, too. I mean, he was recently put on medication um, because he literally is not a psycho, but he's psycho. (laughs) Right. Just about everything. Doors being locked at night. Um, Getting up to check Mm -hmm. on multiple times. Is our daughter Mm -hmm. alive in her bedroom? you know I also but, work with people who have OCD. Oh yeah he's very no I think checks, he's borderline so yeah. yep uh, he has borderline OCD okay. and he has extreme anxiety but he's been much better I still think it's kind of bad but he feels better and that's all oh, good. So, yeah I'm it's, like, I mean, long it's, as you feel better it's a lot to deal with right and, and if you can
1: find some medication that gives you some relief why why wouldn't you?
0: Right, yeah he works constantly constantly my anxiety's different comes out like more of like anger but his is definitely mm-hmm. worry, 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 constant.
1: <laughs> Mine is a um, can't go to sleep at night because my brain doesn't stop.
0: Oh, working. yes. yes. Can't slow my brain down. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so it's uh, where can people reach you? Or Do you have an Instagram website? Um, I have it all. <laughs> good. Give it all to us. <laughs>
1: um, my website is called parentinginreallife.org. And there you can reach out to me. You can also read my blog. I have a lot of articles that have been in Scary Mommy and oh, Reality Moms, and Grown and Flown. And you know, so you'll see me kind of Thrive Global. Um oh, awesome. Attitude Magazine, which is great for ADHD. Um, so so you can find me there. And then Instagram, I'm parent in real life. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I guess if email. someone wants to work with you, oh yeah, go ahead with that. Dana at parenting in real life. That's easy. <laughs> yes, that is. If someone wants to work with you, should they go through your website or just they say- can
1: book something right on my website if they want to, or they can reach and out and um, I'll right answer now. it either way. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Awesome. You've been so full of information today and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned some stuff. So
1: Well, yeah, you ever need some help, just call me. Oh, I will. I'm always <laughs> always helping our
0: friends. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun thank you so much for coming on yeah thanks for having me appreciate it hey everyone I just wanted to pop back in and tell you thank you for listening to this episode if there is anyone in your life that you think might want to hear this episode please feel free to share it with them it will only help my podcast grow if you could also go and hit the subscribe button you will get notified every single time a new episode is released also if you'd like to go rate and review if you like the podcast Please feel free to do that and shoot me a message if you do or maybe like a screenshot and I will send you a small token of my appreciation in return. You can connect with me on Instagram at thriveandshine underscore wellness. I also have a Facebook page called Thrive and Shine Wellness. I have a Facebook healthy lifestyle group as well. And the name of that is Thrive and Shine Wellness Healthy Lifestyle Group. I also have a website. It is www.thriveandshinewellness.org. And if you need to reach me, you can either send me a message through social media or you can email me at info at